warmed up after the singing a little bit. I didn't mean like physically warmed up. Okay, I'm a little, I'm a little warm, but uh, I'm always that way. I'm well insulated. I am so happy to see you guys. Hey, um, people from all over the world listen to these messages. That blows my mind. People in India, Japan, Canada, America's hat, Mexico, America's goatee. We're worldwide, isn't that something? So let's let the folks around the world know. Our, our motto, um, no matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. So today is a day celebrated all over the country, um, a day where hundreds and thousands of millions of people come together. They gather around bowls of uh, salsa and queso and little... Um, little cocktail weenie things wrapped in uh, pigs in a blanket. Some people call them, but I've heard other words for them. And they celebrate something that has become like a a big thing, you know. It's one of the most celebrated uh, non-technical holidays in America. And that, that occasion for celebration is my wife's birthday. That's today. So say happy birthday. So... I promised I would not embarrass her during the prayer time before the service, but I didn't say nothing about now. There's a lot of other birthdays this week. There's a bunch of birthday people this week, so happy birthday to to everybody. Of course, it is Super Bowl Sunday, too. That's a lesser-known, less-celebrated holiday kind of holiday. I am wearing the jersey of my favorite team, and I see some heads shaking, and I'll pray for these individuals who are shaking their heads at me right now, and my wife said, isn't it embarrassing to wear that jersey? She warned me against it. She said I would feel embarrassed. I think someone said I have no shame this morning, and, and it's not because of the political implications of the name of this team. It's because of the futility of this team, but I'm going to tell you, this team was, was this one of the greatest, most feared franchises 30 years and two name changes ago. I mean, they were, they were good. Listen, get your, if you're looking for somebody, get yourself a fan of this particular team because they're going to stick with you even if it's really bad. Because it's been bad for so, so long. So long. However, I would like to point out that they have exactly the same number of playoff wins as the Cowboys have had in the last 30 years. America's team. Where you at, America's team? I don't know. I don't know. How do how do how do Cowboys fans get in Southwest Virginia? What part of family your your what part of Texas your family's from? This I don't know. Maybe that's it. That's okay. It's all right. It's fine. Look, hey, uh, Southwest Virginia. I love this place. I love these mountains. You must agree with me at least a little bit because either you were from here and you ain't left yet. Or you weren't from here, but you got here, and you're still here. So you must agree with me to some degree. One thing cool about our church family is we have, like, more than half of our people weren't born here. That's wild to think. More than half our people were born somewhere else but got here as quick as they could. Uh, I love this area. I mean, there's some things, you know, we don't have a whole lot going on economically. But it's peaceful here. The people who originally settled these mountains, or I should say the the European immigrants who originally settled these mountains because the Native Americans were here before, they came looking for independence and freedom, the chance to live according to their convictions and by the sweat of their brow. The Shockleys got here. I did the counting, Dad. I think it's 11 generations ago. 
12 generations ago. It's a long, long time. Prior to there being a United States, prior to there being a Carroll County, it was Fincastle County, which had theoretical borders. to The western border of the county was uh, the Mississippi River, and it encompassed all of the state of Kentucky. So that's how long ago it was when the Shockleys showed up. We've been working this rocky clay soil ever since, and just like the rocks in the clay soil, they can't get rid of us. You think you rid of us? We still there. Let's dig a little. So I can understand why people want to leave the cities and the suburbs and move to a place like this. There's so much in the culture around us that is discouraging and and just not right. Um, recently, we've seen that some of the evil and abuse goes all the way to the top, the most powerful and famous and wealthy people. Um, there's so much that we get tired of the politi- politics and the ugliness and the abuse of power and the abuse of people. It makes anybody want to run away from society and put yourself up a little cabin down in a holler and just do your thing and have as little to do with the world as you can. I love that idea. Except we're called to be the light of the world. How can you be the light of the world if you won't have anything to do with the world? If we abandon the world like we like to, how do we share the love of Christ in the world? You know, God could have made it to where when a person gets saved, he immediately takes them to heaven. That would be weird altar calls. I'm telling you what. You'd have to have like, you know, you'd have altar calls plus like who would you get to staff the altar calls? I mean, the preacher would be gone too. You know what I'm saying? It would be, it wouldn't really work practically, but just suppose it did. That would be pretty cool, but that's, uh, that's not how God made it. He left us here as citizens of two worlds because we're supposed to impact the world. This world is no longer our home, but we're left here to make a difference in the lives of people through the light of Jesus that is in us. So here's kind of what I want to tell you today. If someone asked you what to preach or preach on, here's what you say. So you got an answer because has that ever happened to you? Don't let, don't let this happen to you. That your friends and neighbors ask you what the preacher preached on or your father who is the pastor asked you what the preacher preached on and you don't have an answer. Here's your answer. You're in the world to win the world. Next slide, please. There you go. You are in the world to win the world. Why are we in the world? To win the world. You're in the world to win the world. There it is. So when, I, when somebody asks you, what, what was the message about? Do you remember anything about the message? You're in the world to win the world. So in this episode of the life of Jesus, he is going to speak to the reality of our dual citizenship, heaven and earth, and how we have responsibilities to both. So we're in Mark chapter 12. Okay, uh, you got your Bible, you can go there and we'll f- follow along on the screen if you don't have it with you. Time is ticking down to the crucifixion. At this point in the Gospels, it's maybe Wednesday morning of Holy Week, which means less than 48 hours from when Jesus has this conversation. He's going to be hanging on a cross and he knows it and he could have gotten out of it, but he didn't. He laid down his life for us. He does not hide from what's going to happen. He continues to come into the city of Jerusalem. He continues to teach the people the way of truth. And his enemies continue to trip him up. The religious leaders were sick of Jesus. He confronted the corruption in the system that gave them power. And they liked their power. You may have noticed the people in power like to keep their power, even if it means it's corrupt. These people did not care about spiritual transformation. They just cared about holding on to their control. 
So they wanted to nab him openly. They would have loved to grab him out of that crowd and take him and arrest him. But they couldn't because all the common people really supported Jesus. They loved hearing him speak. They, they believed that he was the Messiah. They didn't really understand his purpose like they should. But they were big fans of Jesus. So the religious elite are trying to find a way to discredit Jesus. So the crowds would turn away from him, and then they could openly nab him. So they sent a group of spies to Jesus, appearing like sincere seekers. Of course, Jesus saw right through it, and that's what we're going to find in Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. We're going to read the whole passage, we're going to pray, and we'll talk about it. Then they sent him. they sent to him some of the Pharisees and Herodians to catch him in his words. And when they had come, they said to him, Teacher... We know that you're true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it. And he said to them, Whose inscription and image is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you'll speak to us through your word and help us to understand what we do with these competing pressures to give to Caesar and to give to God. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go to verse 13. Um, 13 to camp out there a while. So they're trying to... To catch him in his words. The modern term that we would use is they're trying to get Jesus canceled. Like I probably would be if somebody was seeing my jersey. You know, it's probably good we're not filming today because people would be, some people would be weird about it. It's all right. It's whatever. Uh, Trying to get Jesus canceled. They, they tried to trick him into saying or doing something that would make the people turn on him. And they came up with a pretty good plan, honestly. They found a hot button topic. They sent a delegation, and they laid it on thick. They said, oh, teacher, we know you always speak the truth. No matter what people think, you always teach the Word of God without mistake. So either they are trying to butter him up so he won't realize what they're up to, or they're mocking him. The Scripture's not real plain, but either way, he saw right through it. He knew what they were up to. Um, he knew that uh, they were trying to catch him. So who are these two groups? Pharisees and Herodians. You've heard of Pharisees, right? The Pharisees consider themselves to be the most faithful, most religious people in the nation. Have you ever known anyone who was holier than thou? Sometimes we call those people Pharisees. Every once in a while you see that word thrown out, someone who's hypocritical. They said they loved God's law. But what they really loved was feeling superior to others. So much so they added a bunch of extra regulations to the law, like God gave a certain set of laws, and they added a bunch of of little nuances to it that God did not add, and they would follow them, and it would look down on everyone else that was not following these rules. It's kind of like someone who makes up fashion rules and looks down on everyone else who's not so fashionable as them, except the stakes were a lot higher. So the Pharisees show up again and again in the Gospels. They're almost always the bad guys. And they're almost always exposed as hypocrites. Now the Herodians, we don't hear as much about them. 
That's not a, a word that is kind of stuck around in our language. They were maybe the least religious group in Israel. They're kind of the opposite of the Pharisees. I say they weren't religious, but that's not quite true. Their religion wasn't a typical religion like Judaism. Their religion was politics. Politics was their religion. Now listen carefully. Every single person you've ever met and will ever meet is essentially a religious person. You say, wait a minute. I know agnostics. I know atheists. I know people who don't believe anything. I'm telling you, every single person you've met or will ever meet is essentially religious. They may not identify as Christian or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or any formal religion, but they've got something that's at the core, that centers them, that drives them. The pursuit of success can be a religion. You know, there's like thousands of podcasts on that. Oh, it's a religion. The money, money can be a religion. You've known some people like that. Stuff can be a religion. Possessions can be a religion. Entertainment can be a religion. I think this magic glowing rectangle in my pocket can kind of become a religion. I'm not happy. I probably, um, if I looked on how much time I spent on it, it, I'd probably be a little embarrassed. Uh, it could be a religion. Something good like exercise can be a religion. It can be the thing that defines you and drives you. Nationalism can be a religion. Sports can be a religion. I mean, I am wearing the jersey of a team who's been pathetic for three decades. So maybe I need to do a little soul searching. Even some good things like, like family can be a religion. Your family is the biggest blessing, but it is not a substitute for God. It's the best thing you got, hopefully. But it's not a substitute for God. More and more in America, political identity has become the de facto religion. You don't believe that? It's an election year. Pay attention. There is, it is a religion. Don't you, don't you even try to talk me out of it. It's a religion. No matter which letter is by the name of the candidate, there's a religion surrounding that. So understand that the religion of the Herodians was politics. They were defined, their identity was wrapped up in their support of the Herod dynasty. Herodians, Herod. Who's the Herod dynasty? There are also some more bad guys in, in the Gospels. Remember, at the time when this was written, and the time when Jesus lived, it was sort of in the heyday of the Roman Empire. And the Romans owned everything from pretty much Spain over to almost India, and that included the Promised Land here. And they would divide it up into these provinces, and there were provincial governors. Well, in the area, in the Holy Land, it was divided up into several provinces and, and areas, and most of them were under the control of someone in the Herod dynasty. It started with Herod the Great. I think he named himself that because, frankly, he wasn't so great. Who, who gets to do you name yourself? Can I call myself Michael the Great? I think I'd get laughed out of my own house if I did that. And, and uh, so somebody decided to call him the Great. He was not a great guy. He was a very bad guy. Remember the story of how when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he was very small and the bad guy king sent the soldiers to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem? That was the first King Herod, super bad guy. His kids and his grandkids who ruled after him were not much better. They were 
evil, bad people. <coughs> so you might be asking, why would these Herodians want to follow such evil, bad people? Because the evil, bad people had power and political influence. And if you're the, in the entourage of the person who has power and influence, guess what you get? Power and influence. So that's why they were supportive of the Herods. And that, that was their identity so much that they were calling themselves the Herodians. And when, when you... So we, we have two very different groups here. The Pharisees who use religion to get power and the Herodians who use politics to get power. What do both of them want? Power. They were usually the mortal enemies of one another. But as much as they hated each other, they hated Jesus any, even more each for their own reasons, because he was a threat to their power. The Pharisees believed the Messiah was supposed to, to lead a revolt against Rome, get rid of the Roman oppressors. Jesus did not come to lead a military revolt. He came to, he led kind of a revolt against the corrupt religious system of his day. And they did not like that. That was a threat to their power. The Herodians didn't care about the religious stuff. But they were afraid that Jesus would stir up enough, the, stir the people up enough that the Romans would be mad about it. Not that Jesus would start a revolution necessarily, but that his followers would get so excited and maybe get a little rowdy and maybe the wrath of Rome would come down and that would really be bad for the Herodians. They would lose some of their power. The temple leaders were very clever here. Okay, They recognized an issue that was sure to in, ignite anger in one way or the other. So this is the question they put to Jesus. Okay, verse 14. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, quick show of hands. Does anybody like paying taxes? Nobody? You don't love paying your taxes? But they use it all so wisely and carefully and don't waste any of it. What's wrong with you? My mama's giving me a look right now. My mom works in the Commissioner of Revenue's office, and she can tell you firsthand people don't like paying their taxes. And they come in and they fuss at her when she don't set the taxes. She just tries to help them sort it out. God bless you, mama, for what you do. Okay? Be nice. If you've got to go into Commissioner's Revenue's office, you be nice to those people because my mama works there. Okay? And I'm a very, I'm a nonviolent man most of the time, but that's my mama. That's my mama. Okay. So, nobody likes to pay taxes. So, we would probably like Jesus to answer here. Nah, you don't got to pay taxes to Caesar. But if he does, there's a couple of things. Well, immediately, if he does, the Herodians will accuse him of treason against Rome. They'll report him to the authorities, and he'll just become another political casualty. He won't get the chance to fulfill his purpose in the way he should. So, in order to fulfill his purposes, he can't say no right here. And he wouldn't say no anyway. We find that clarified in other passages. But what if he says yes? What if he says yes? The Pharisees are going to get mad and accuse him of disloyalty to Israel. The, the Israelites hated the Roman oppressors. They hated the idea of this foreign power taxing them. That common people would then turn on Jesus. So, so it's a trap. It's a trap. Okay, like two Star Wars fans in the room. Okay, all right, tough crowd, tough crowd. Um, 
The temple leaders are trying to use politics and religion together to discredit Jesus and stir up his message. People always say, those are the two most controversial things, politics and religion. Well, they're using them at the same time. Jesus refuses to be distracted from his purpose. What is his purpose? He's in the world to win the world. Why are you in the world if you're a Jesus follower? Why hadn't God took you out yet and just took you to heaven? Because you're in the world to win the world. Verse 15. He, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. Jesus asked for a coin. He said, show me the money. None of y'all are alive in the 90s. Okay, whatever. It's, it's cool. It's cool. That's all right. I'm fine with that. It's whatever. I'm just be old by myself. Um, the denarius was a Roman coin that represented about one day's wages for a soldier or a day laborer. It was the required currency for paying Roman taxes, and it had the image of Caesar stamped on the coin. Jesus holds up the coin and says, asks the question they already know, whose image is this? Whose inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And then he replies with this incredible quote that I love so much that it still hangs around today. Once in a while you'll hear this. Render to Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Whoa. Only Jesus could put a whole encyclopedia into a single sentence. And for those under a certain age in this room, encyclopedia was Wikipedia, but books. <laughs> when I was little, we didn't have cable TV. My entertainment was reading some uh, encyclopedias that my mom had got in high school. Man, I read all those encyclopedias. So I have so much, I have so much knowledge that is only like 40 years out of date. Um, 50 years out of date. Yeah, so ask me uh, the state of the world 50 years ago. I got you. I got you. Um, so we see here the tension of living between two worlds. If you are a believer... This world is not your home. You're living here. you got to live here. God isn't taking you to glory yet. So you have an earthly citizenship too. Because of that, you owe some level of civil obedience to earthly authorities. We don't like that. That is uncomfortable. But it is true. Which means you will have to pay taxes. Bummer. This week I heard a, um, a definition of taxes from my son who has never paid any taxes except on money that I have given him that he spends at the store. Uh, so he don't know. But he said taxes are the fee we pay to pretend we own something. There you go. You know what? That's a crockpot joke. You'll get that in about six hours. Want to let that marinate for a while. All right. You'll remember that. You'll remember that tomorrow. So, oh, yeah. I get it. So, this is, I promise it's not a political message this morning. So, we do not love the idea of paying taxes, especially when we're uncomfortable with the entity to whom they're paid. I mean, we would ask those questions What if the authorities are unjust? What if they're. What if they're incompetent? What if the values 
of the people in charge are messed up or we don't agree with them? What if they're downright evil? What if they're, what if they're all whack? What if the government is whack? You okay? Am I embarrassing you, sweetheart? On your birthday? No, she's used to it. The early followers of Jesus felt this tension. If you don't feel comfortable with some of the things the American government has done during your lifetime, go look up the history of Rome. Rome did not care what you thought. Rome was doing Rome. Okay? About 90 years before the stories that are recorded in the Gospels, about 60 years before the birth of Jesus here, uh, Rome marched into the Holy Land and took it over. So they had been under Roman oppression for getting close to 100 years at this point. Most of the people alive at this time had never known a world where the Romans weren't running the show. And the Romans were not good guys. I realize we have this weird renaissance of people being extra fascinated with the Roman Empire, I guess. But they were not good guys. Okay, they, they built some roads. I'll give them that. They created a postal service. I'll give them that because the gospel benefited from that. I think that's most of the reasons that God allowed Rome to come to power because Rome did three things that made it possible for the gospel to spread. They built roads. They built a postal service. You could send letters. And because they had whipped everybody in that whole part of the world, you could travel safely. So now for the first time in the history of the world, it's safe to travel just about anywhere. And take the gospel with them. So you want to know why Rome was allowed to come to power? I think that's the number one reason. Those top three reasons are all together so the gospel could be spread. It's good stuff, y'all. Anyway, they did a couple of good things. But they also used those tax monies to do pretty awful things. To fund the war machine that was rolling over the earth. To build pagan temples and pagan shrines. To venerate the Roman emperor because you know he expected to be worshipped as a god. The coin, he, Jesus asked, well, whose image and inscription? The image was Caesar. You know what was inscribed on those coins? There's a very rough translation from the Latin, but it was more or less Caesar is God. That's what's on those coins. More or less, that is the intent there. The divine Caesar. Caesar is God. Not D. Caesar. That's a different thing, Matthew. D. Caesar. There you go. I wouldn't claim him. I wouldn't claim him if I was you. So, American coins say, in God we trust. These Roman coins said Caesar is God. So the people were understandably disgusted with the idea that they had been ruled by, by a foreign power for nearly a century, and they were... Uh, charged taxes by these people who were not good to them and they were disgusted by what the taxes were being used for and yet Jesus said if it's Caesar's just give it to Caesar what do we make of that Caesar minted the coins his image was on the coins he had a right to require them we don't like that and yet that's what Jesus said here comes the much better part. The second half of that clause is so much more important. Don't miss that. We get all messed up with the first part. But the second part ought to wreck you a lot harder. Jesus said, give to God what belongs to God. God has also stamped his image on something. The image of God is placed on the human soul. And he has a claim to it. Give to Caesar 
what bears Caesar's image, but give to God what bears his image. And what is that? It's you. You belong to God. He has a claim on you. Even if you don't believe in him, even if you're not ready to embrace what he has for you, the reality is that his image is stamped on you and you belong to him. Life on this earth is temporary. While we're here, we have duties and responsibilities. We've got to have money to provide resources and necessities for our family. I get that, but it's still just money. If Caesar takes it all, he can take nothing of eternal value. We're citizens of earthly nations, but our greater citizenship is not here. Our greater, our greater allegiance is not here. It's to God alone. We owe far more to God than we do to, the Caesar, to Caesar. And by that I mean the authorities of earth. So why would we give less of ourselves to God than we give to the world? And you say, well, if I don't pay my taxes, Caesar comes and gets me. But don't you know there's a much greater day of reckoning with God? We're called to be good citizens of our earthly nation and positively participating in society all the while living by faith and higher principles of godliness. We don't belong in this world, but we're the light of this world. This means sometimes we're going to have to oppose unjust laws and take an unpopular stand. If you follow Jesus, you won't be able to live like everybody else. I'll go and warn you, just in case anybody in the room or anybody contemplating, you know, listen to this podcast and contemplating becoming a follower of Jesus, you won't be able to be just like you were or like everybody else because you, be per- you won't be that person anymore. You're in the world with a new reason. You're in the world to win the world. The enemies of Jesus tried to pull him into politics and arguments. They wanted to put the focus on the, the things that bore the image of Caesar. Jesus brought the focus back to that which bears the image of God. And his enemies were blown away. They just, they just went away. They marveled at him. Because you live on earth, some earthly authorities are going to have some claims on you. You'll have to pay your taxes. But if you live in a country like we do here, where you get to participate in the process and choose the people who choose the taxes, then do that. Let your voice be heard. God gave you the opportunity. Not everybody gets that opportunity. Be a part of making things better if you can. Participate in your community. But even for those who live with injustice, who uh, the earthly authorities have all the power and they have no opportunity to determine their own experience, nobody can take away from you what matters most. Your true home is with God. His image is on your soul. If you give to Caesar what is Caesar's, shouldn't you even more give to God what is God's? Don't be like the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they, that name means the separate ones. They were the separated ones. They saw themselves as separate from all of these little uh, people who weren't doing right. All, all of these little peons down here who were nobodies who didn't follow the law of God like they did. They were so obsessed with their religious superiority that they failed to bring light to people who were wandering in the dark. See, they knew the Scriptures. They knew them. 
They knew, they saw the prophecies. They knew that Jesus should have fulfilled them, but they were blind to it because they did not care about the people around them. They just wanted them, they wanted to lift up themselves and to show how superior they were. We're called to be salt and light in this world, which means even though we don't like a lot of things that go on around us, we cannot hide from the world. We cannot disengage from the world. As much as I would love to have myself a little commune and have like some goats and, and all kinds of stuff and just not be bothered with the outside world, I can't, I can't disengage from the world. We can have the goats. We can have the goats, sweetheart. We just can't disengage from the world. Okay. The goats were her idea, just to clarify, not my idea. Don't be like the Herodians. And probably in our culture, we're more likely to be caught up uh, or at least the American culture at large, we're more likely to be like the Herodians and be so caught up in the politics and the news cycle and all of that that we become obsessed with human leaders and human systems. Obsessed with Caesar, basically. Remember, everything belongs to God. Really, truly, even that coin that bore the image of Caesar, where'd that gold from come from? Who made that gold in the first place? It was all really God's. Even the things that Caesar thinks are his. Who should we be like? We should be like Jesus, who found balance in the tension between the two worlds. He refused to abandon the world, but he refused to become the world. He was in the world to win the world. And that's you too. That's your calling. You're on this planet for such a short little while. I know it seems like a long time, but it is not. Not in comparison to eternity. You are put here to impact the lives of people for good, to share life and hope and peace in Jesus, to live in such a way that you have credibility to speak in people's lives. Don't fall into the trap of putting your hopes in religion as the list of things that you do to prove that you're holy or politics as the list of things that you say you value to prove that you're better than someone else refuse those distractions you are in the world to win the world so what's that look like in your life if you're in the world to win the world what's that look like in your home the people you live with what's that look like in your neighborhood What's it look like in your workplace? Because you know them people need Jesus. What does it look like in your school? Because you know them people need Jesus. Do I not have some high school students here? Y'all need some Jesus up in your high school for sure. What's it look like in your extended family to be an influence for Jesus? What does it look like in this country? If you don't like some things that's in this country, you don't like how things are, and you feel like you can't do anything about it, you are, and I say this respectfully, you're wrong. Maybe you're not in a big high political position, but right there in your circle, you are a person of influence. Maybe you've just got a flashlight, and it can't light up the whole country, but it can light up the people, the path for the people around you. And you do that, and, and the person sitting beside you does that, and all of us do that. Suddenly, it's not so dark anymore. So let's commit to do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we love you very much. We hardly understand why you decided to include us in your plans. 
why you decided to give us a light to carry. But Lord, make us people who are faithful to carry it, to shine our little light in this dark world, to not become like the ways of the world, but to be the light of the world so that others may be drawn to you. Lord, we praise you. We ask that you'll be with us this day and help us to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that's all I got today. Thank you for being a part of this. God bless you. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. And Lord willing, we'll come back together next week. Take care.